You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the watched workout in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to pick it and I ran back to the back. Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome to the Martin Houston Show on the 100.9 on your radio dial, Martin Houston Show fan page on Facebook at Martin Houston 35 on Twitter. We're live and local and ready for another day of great Alabama sports talk, and we can't do it without you. Give us a call at 205-342-9904. The Taco Casa Hotline is open for business. Taco Casa quality, taste, value. Under the cactus in town, check them out for lunch and or dinner. That's lunch and or dinner, dine in, carry out, and uh, you can also uh, take it through uh, the drive-through. That's Taco Casa, six locations in Tuscaloosa, West Alabama, to better serve you. So Taco Casa, tacocasa.com. Remember that this is the day that the Lord has made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. Take some time today to notice someone, love someone, serve someone. Be the difference you want to see in the world today. I want to invite you once again to be a part of the conversation or post your thoughts and comments on Facebook at Martin Houston Show, the Martin Houston Show on Facebook. We have our uh, score prediction contest that you can be a part of. So go ahead and uh, let us know what your score prediction is. And the tiebreaker for this week is Jalen Waddle total yards. Alabama sitting uh, just above 17-point favorite against Texas A&M as the Aggies come to town. Uh, struggling a little bit uh, last week on the offensive side of the ball against a Vanderbilt team, which, of course, uh, Derek Mason, defensive coach, may have had a, a long offseason or did have a long offseason. Maybe he was prepared for the Jimbo Fisher offense that hasn't morphed a lot uh, since his time uh, as the beginning of the head coach at Florida State, still kind of goes with the old school approach, uh, tight end, a uh, couple wide receivers, running back, um, uh, stationary type of quarterback, not a lot of spread and hurry up, et cetera. So uh, maybe that's why it was a close game. But either way, uh, they come into Bryant-Denny for the first game in the revamped stadium. Alabama fans, uh, limited number, will have an opportunity to see it up close and personal. Nick Saban on his press conference yesterday talking about that the, the tale of two halves, the first half, uh, the fans did not, uh, lack of fans did not 
you know, hurt the team. But in the second half, lack of fans did not help the team. So it's about the players being able to uh, generate their own momentum. And will it be the same environment in Bryant-Denny? We will definitely be looking to that. We're going to have DC, DC Capstone Report, who will join us in the be with us throughout the remainder of the show. Before we get to him, I want to go ahead and talk about my players of the game. And Coach DeSaban had a lot to say about those guys as far as the players of the game. When you look at my offensive players of the game was Mac Jones and Jalen Waddle. And so let's see what Nick Saban uh, had to say about those guys. As you look at it, uh, there was a clip yesterday where he was talking about those two guys And just it's not just their talent, uh, it's their toughness, I think, that makes these two guys special. Uh, Here's Coach Nick Saban talking about what do big plays by Mac and Jalen do for the rest of the team. I I think that um, these guys both set a great great example uh, in terms of how they compete, the toughness they show in a game. Uh, And I think that uh, has a tremendous impact on you know, everyone else. I mean, it certainly should. If, if you know, players are bought into the team and they're rooting for their teammates and they're into the game, um, anybody that's a competitor has, you know, a special appreciation for, you know, guys making great plays. And uh, sometimes great plays come out of toughness, not just, you know, fantastic ability. So uh, I, I think those two guys, you know, represented what we're trying to teach in terms of intangibles, you know, the kind of toughness, the kind of effort, the kind of uh, focus that you have to sustain your intensity for 60 minutes in the game. And uh, I think those two guys exemplified that fairly well in the game. As Coach Nick Saban talking about Jalen Waddle, Mac Jones, and uh, he was following up a question regarding their toughness uh, and that one play uh, where Jalen Waddle went over the middle. Now, it wasn't the same type of catch uh, that Protho made where he caught the ball behind the back uh, in terms of the, in that Southern Miss game that made a, a photo. But when it happened, that's the play I thought of, and I have no idea why. But just watching that particular play, uh, with Jalen Waddle going up over one receiver, coming down with the ball, knowing he's going to get hit by the other receiver, I mean the other DB going up over one DB, coming down with it, knowing that he's going to get hit by that second DB yet uh, holding on to the ball. So it would have been a great catch had there been no contact. But the fact that it was contact, uh, without a doubt, showed uh, his toughness and willingness to go up over uh, a DB and go up in traffic and come down with the ball. So you know that put more confidence in Mac Jones to throw the ball to him. Then you look at the pass in the corner uh, that Mac Jones literally, uh, the guy was coming, he knew he was going to get hit, and he placed it uh, perfectly. Into, you know, and that that's the part about quarterback that, that people just don't get. When when that guy's coming into your face and he that quarterback is willing to stand in there and he know he's going to get hit, that motivates or inspires or energizes, whatever word or term you want to use, it does motivate and energize the rest of the team 
uh, in terms of their engagement and then having their quarterbacks back. And so my offensive players of the game, without a doubt, uh, were those two guys, uh, Mac Jones and his toughness, his accuracy, and just his control and leadership of the team. And then Jalen Waddle and his ability to just make plays with his hands and with his feet and with toughness. So, uh, Joe, did you have uh, an offensive player of the game? Oh, Martin, I, I feel like the guy who scored three touchdowns should be uh, the offensive player of the game. Well, I, I would say that that should be Jalen Waddle then because Jalen scored and then they took it off the board. Just kidding. <laughs> I think uh, number 22 so, got in the end zone three times. Do what now? Yeah, I think number 22 got in the end zone three times. Yeah, he, he did. Uh, uh, Jalen, I was just being funny because you know, Jalen scored and then they reviewed it and took it off the board, and then Najee got in in on it. I, Najee would be a, an honorable mention in terms uh three times, but uh, I felt like that uh, that that one touchdown that, that came back off the board, really, I, you may disagree that he scored or, or not, but any, any of those three guys, if you want to give Najee Harris, he had 98 yards, what, 98 yards, and per, really a half of football uh, and, and showed a lot of toughness in terms of the way he he was finishing runs. He was punishing in terms of the way he approached the game. Uh, but he also still showed, to me, he showed that he may be a little quicker than he was last year. Or uh, it, it appeared to be that way. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, they didn't. They, they should have left him in there and get, rack up some more yards. But uh, he he looked good to me. He looked nice and strong. Uh, the offensive line looked strong. I felt like the balance of the offense was very good. I was impressed with it so far. Yeah, and hey, you said on Saturday he averaged he averaged uh, ninety three yards a game. If we make it to the semifinals or the finals, uh, for him to 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 break the record. Uh, that was based off a 13-game schedule, so making the finals, and he's now five yards ahead of that pace. Okay, well, you know that that that's the key. If if you're pulling for Najee to to break the all-time record, he is on track uh, to start the season. Needs to average 93 yards a game if Alabama is going to make it to the the final game of the season, and him average. I mean, get 93 yards in that game. So uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, several guys could be the defensive player of the game. Um, I think that Christian Harris played lights out, uh, but I also think that part of that comes from the fact that he's a year older and he had the leader who may not have had as many tackles, but I think that he was definitely directing traffic. So from a from a, just a play standpoint, uh, there were several guys that I, I could have chosen, but I think that Christian Harris showed what a year of playing does and also showed what a year of, I mean, not a year, but a game with the guy who can take some of the pressure off and allow you to run around and play definitely make, makes a big difference. Uh, who did you have for your defensive player of the game? I like Daniel Wright. He led the team in tackles, and I thought he had his nose in on the ball pretty much all night. Even on the tackles that he missed, I feel like he was right there, and uh, uh, I thought he played with physicality. 
Yeah, and he he did he did a good job with his first start uh, of his career. Uh, can't argue with that. And as you said, led the team in tackles. And um, as far as newcomer, completely newcomer, the Will Anderson situation, without a doubt, was uh, was was good. Uh, was definitely a a you know he lived up to the hype. He didn't have a lot of tackles per se. But he handled his his edge, I thought, extremely well. He played his role and responsibility at a high level for first time, and he is only going to get better. And that hit on the running back. Are you familiar with the Cornelius Bennett hit on a bird line that is uh, memorialized in the print? Uh, it reminded me of that hit on Steve Burline when he hit number 34 in the backfield, which didn't cause the fumble, but caused the quarterback to react and, and led to a fumble. Yeah, I mean, Will Anderson brought the wood. I liked how, how decisive he was uh, all night. He played his re, his keys pretty well all evening. Uh, even even though he only, I think, he only had three tackles, uh, he was right. really decisive, uh, attacking the quarterback on the options and, and playing his playing his assignment very well. I thought. Yeah, it ditto. I thought he, you know, I would give him an A as well. And there was several other defensive players that played well. I am uh, looking forward to seeing when, when um, Barmore gets back in terms of full speed, wide open, how good that defensive front seven uh, can be. I think they're going to be really, really special as a whole. You, you have two inside linebackers that, uh, are aggressive, they're athletic, they're fast, uh, they they seem to be very decisive. And then you just said the same thing about Will Anderson. LeBron Ray looked like he's ready to be um, the player that we thought he could be when he came in here as a five-star. So uh, just, just a couple little pieces here and there, and I think the tie will get fixed uh, as they prepare for Texas A&M. We have Robert from Brookwood. Uh, Robert, hold on, we'll bring you in with D.C. We're going to go ahead and get the break, bring in D.C., DC Capstone Report uh, coming up next right here on the Martin Houston Show. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the towns of Nissan Traffic Center, no problems on our roadways this morning. Our traffic is light as we start our Tuesday. But remember, if you do see conditions folks need to hear about, just give us a call, 205-886-8886. Just two days remain for you to save thousands during the month-end clearance going on right now at Towns of Nissan, and they need your trade. I'm Captain Ray. Occasionally cloudy, breezy, and cooler today. Tuscaloosa's high at 71. For tonight, the sky becoming clear. The low down in the upper 40s at 49. And for tomorrow and Thursday, the sky's sunny both days. Highs between 75 and 78. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17-plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at southmarkdesign.com. Interact with the Martin Houston Show by calling us at 205-342-9904 or tuning into the Martin Houston Show on Facebook.
Radio Dial. It is a beautiful Tuesday morning, and that means that it's time for us to bring in our weekly guest, DC, DC Capstone Report. Good morning, DC. How you doing, sir? Oh, doing great, Martin. How are you this morning? Doing well, doing well. Hey, let's go ahead and get, we have Robert on the phone, Robert from Brookwood on the phone. Let's go ahead and bring him in, and then you and I will get into some conversation and look at uh, a review of Missouri and a preview of Texas A&M. Good morning, Robert. You're in with the Martin Houston Show in D.C. with D.C. Capstone Report. What's on your mind? Good morning, Mr. Martin. How are you today, brother? Doing well. Hey, uh, what did you think? I, I, I thought the Alabama offense, defense, and special team starters all get an A. Of course, it fell off a little bit with second string, but I didn't see nothing at Missouri to be upset about. I, we cruised to a 35-3 to lead in the third quarter. Uh, any of us that play football know when you get a big league, you get a little, you just want to get, you're ready for the game to be over and get out of there. Did you see anything that might concern you? Uh, DC, I'll let you respond first, then I'll respond. No, I didn't see anything that concerned me. Uh, uh, first, I think we had a really good game plan that we uh, executed well. I was really impressed with the things that went on. Uh, the lack of intensity in the second half, I think, has a lot to do with the being up that that far. But I think Coach Saban was concerned that he wants the players to be motivated from within to to, to play into the final bell, final whistle. And I think he was concerned a little bit because that we had a little problem with that last year. He wants to make sure it's not a bleed over. But I don't think it's bleed over from last year. I think it has to do with the year that we're in and the, the different circumstances surrounding the the, the the game and the atmosphere, uh, really. So I, I don't. I wasn't concerned about it. And I would agree with D.C. Robert, and I think you're saying you saw the same thing. I would definitely give this team an A uh, with how they came out and how well they played uh, in this particular game, especially from the start. So uh, without a doubt, we came out, uh, looked like a team that was prepared. I had a gentleman yesterday tell me, he said, you know, as I watched the SEC uh as far as complete team, offense, defense, and special teams, uh, I would say that Alabama was the most prepared team. And, and this person is not an Alabama fan. Uh, he was just assessing because he broke down the Georgia Bulldogs and said they looked like they had some, you know, some obvious things that they were a little behind on. Of course, we saw what happened with LSU. Yeah, Mississippi State won the game, but at the same time, uh, defensively, you know, they had some improvements that they could make. Ole Miss, same story. Uh, Florida, even though they had 670 yards, they also gave up, you know, almost as many uh, to an Ole Miss team. So, well, Martin, I thought we, leads, uh, we didn't even really try offensively. They just kind of went through the motions. and didn't do nothing fancy, nothing out of the ordinary, not like Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss calling double passes. I mean, it, you got to think so much more is in that playbook. You said you're talking about Alabama? Yes, sir. I thought Alabama ran their game, the game plan we wanted to run, uh, especially with the first team. Uh, we did what we wanted to do. We had some play action pass. We showed some good tough runs, um, and and we were able to get we got the ball to our playmakers. You know, Najee, Devontae, uh, and uh, Galen were all a huge part of the offense. But I also thought they did a good job getting Mechie. Uh, involved in the game as that third wide receiver, which he looks like he may be, 
you know, uh, somewhat of a Devontae Smith to Waddle and uh, uh, Smith the way Smith was to Ruggs and uh, Judy. Well, last question. Um, I got some friends that are Mississippi State fans. They're already hollering they're going to win the West. Are they an offense we should be afraid of? Or you think our defense can handle them? Uh, first of all, uh, the Pirate always, you know, does a great job offensively. So, you know, it, it's an offense that you have to prepare for. It's an offense that he uses every inch of the football field from sideline to sideline and from uh, goal line to goal line. So to say you don't have to worry about it would be mistaken. But what will happen is you'll see is as time goes on, teams will figure out how he uses his Mississippi State talent. And the more talented teams will have the talent to play with them and above and beyond and also will give uh, have a better understanding of what he tries to do with Costello and company. So I, I wouldn't say it's something we have to worry about, but I would say that Alabama has to take their offense seriously because, you know, no matter where he's been, he's always been a great offensive mind. The question is, can he and will he maintain any type of defensive integrity? Uh, DC, your thoughts? I agree wholeheartedly, Martin. I think it's an offense uh, that you're going to have to respect, and I think Alabama will do that. And you got to prepare for it in a way that's a little different than you do other offenses. You know what they're going to do, and you know they're going to be committed to do it. To me, it's just uh, it's like uh, the old school teams uh, that committed to the run. They're going to run the ball no matter what, and you're going to have to stop it. And I think that's what he does. He's committed to the pass. Uh, you're going to have to. He's going to spread you out, and you got to be respectful of that and just prepare to stop that. And once you once the defenses in the SEC learn how to how to uh, stop. Uh, the scheme that he runs, uh, then I think the athleticism will win out and Alabama will be able to match up well with Mississippi State. Real quick before I go, LSU, five wins or less this year? <laughs> DC. I'm, I'm going more than five. I'd, I'd say more than five wins for LSU. All right, guys. Great show. Uh, Thank uh, you, Martin, for all you do. Thanks, Robert. I appreciate that. Call back and give us predictions sometimes. Uh, yeah, DC, I agree. I think LSU, of course, will. Uh, I think they'll get more than five wins. Now, I don't know if they beat Mississippi State or not, but losing Stingley uh, that close to the game uh, unexpectedly, I think, had a huge, huge impact on the efficiency and effectiveness of the Mississippi State offense. Now, does LSU win the game if Stingley's there? I don't know, uh, but. You know, losing a guy like that totally changes what you're able to do because he, he literally gives you the ability uh, to take the other 10 guys and do what you want to do with them. And he shuts down, you know, his side of the field, uh, much like uh, and other great DBs have done for Alabama. I agree 100%. Now, I think also they were caught a little off guard. You got Mississippi State team. They should have known what uh, the Pirate was going to do, but. You also had a running back in Colin Hill that was going to be one of the leading rushers. And I believe they probably uh, focused on that a little more than they should have. And they, they were caught a little off guard in the offense. But, yeah, Stingley definitely did did hurt him. But I think LSU will bounce back. They'll win some games. I, I definitely. I think they will, will definitely get above the five mark. Uh, now, whether they're going to contend for 
the West. Uh, I don't know that. Uh, what are your quick thoughts on former Alabama wide receiver Terrell Shavers? Well, you know, uh, I think Terrell Shavers has always uh, had the talent to play. Uh, I just he's behind a lot of the NFL talent in Alabama. So, you know, uh, I think he's, he's always had that talent to play, and I've always I've always seen the upside. Very athletic guy. I think he plays with his athleticism. And and what he's six six, uh, and he's a what they call a red zone fifty fifty type guy. And Alabama does not do a lot of fifty fifty routes. I mean, it's I, I have I have tried to figure out why have big wide receivers as a whole not excelled at Alabama versus how they do at other schools. And I think it's a philosophy thing. Uh, the the pirate came out and said DC. That if he can get fifty, if he can catch fifty percent of his passes, uh, paraphrasing him, he, he, you know, that's what he's going for, it, you know. And so uh, Terrell Shavers gives you a distinct advantage uh, on fifty-fifty balls, especially if that's part of your mindset and philosophy. If you're trying to get to that sixty-three to sixty-seven, you know, percent completion rate, it's a little different scenario there. DC, as we go to go to break here, I want to get we'll, we'll continue to keep the phone lines open at 205-342-9904, the Taco Casa hotline. Uh, we'll remain open with DC. But DC, uh, who was your player uh, of the game? Well, I know uh, we already put our podcast up, so I had three standout players of the game on offense, and mine were uh, Mac Jones, Jalen Waddle, and Najee Harris. I just felt like on offense, they, they were the three best on the field, and and uh, really, really good. On on defense, I had three as well. And uh, that was Dylan Moses, uh, LeBron Ray, and I picked Will Anderson Jr. as the newcomer on defense. I think all three of those were, did a great job. I think uh, they were. Uh, Will Anderson Jr. was disruptive. He didn't have many, as many tackles as others, but he was disruptive. And I, I think that uh, D- Dylan Moses just being on the field for Alabama uh, showed up more in the communication and. and one of the reasons I think he was the player of the game was he made a lot of great tackles. He played in the first series like he was a man on, uh, just possessed to do uh, the best he could. But it also freed up Christian Harris to, to, to really, really play well and, and do a good job in the game as well. So I, Christian Harris would be a fourth one on the arm with me. And I pick Will Reichert as a specialist. I mean, you know, you, hit, you kick every kick you're supposed to kick and do it well. I think that's a plus, A plus for Alabama. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and get the break here. Super Joe, hold on through the break. We'll get you on the other side. We're speaking with DC, DC Capstone Report. You can find them online at dccapstonereport.com. I want to remind you that the great sponsors that make this show possible need your support, especially during this time. Uh, COVID is still impacting a lot of people in a lot of ways, and uh, the sponsors that we have here are no different. Alabama One, Alabama One Insurance, uh, both of those organizations are here to serve you, whether you're looking to get a loan, whether you're looking to properly insure your assets, whether it be auto, home, uh, or even your life, Alabama One Insurance can help you there. And if you're looking to refi and or get a new loan uh, for your home or that toy or your automobile, Hickles, Alabama One, uh, the credit union can help you there. Go to alabama1.org 
or alabama1insurance.com. Tide 100.9 traffic. The Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We've got a light sprinkle around the Tuscaloosa Northport area this morning, so please slow down and be careful. No active wrecks. Traffic is light. But if you see conditions, give us a call. Just two days remain for you to save thousands during the month in clearance at Townsend Nissan. And they need your trade. I'm Captain Ray. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn which we can customize to meet your needs, or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com as peptalks35.com or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show, the sound of Bama sports. Your show, your team, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Again with the Martin Houston Show, and we're talking with DC, DC Capstone Report. DC, let our listeners know what you got uh, out there for them to tune into. Well, Martin, the podcast is already up. It's at uh, our Facebook page. You can check us out there at the DC Capstone Report Facebook page. We'd love you to go on and like our page so you can get our updates weekly. And then uh, we also have it on our DCCapstoneReport.com page. And so uh, you can try to find us either place. You can follow me on Twitter at DavidCott50. Also, you can uh, follow Lance Shores, uh, my partner in this, at RollTideBama.com or FreelancePictures.com. We open our home, home game. He'll be... Uh, posting up a lot of good uh, content, videos, and pictures from the games you'll want to check out on his sites as well. All right, that's DC, DC Capstone Report. And Super Joe, you're in with the Martin Houston Show and DC, DC Capstone Report. What's on your mind, man? Man, sure, I tell you, man, I've been about that game this past uh, Saturday. I said, I'll tell you what, the one thing about defense shows some improvement. I'm very confident that, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm very confident about the next game and stuff, and I know that. 
COVID is hitting. Somebody said it was 18 players from a Notre Dame got hit with the COVID. Somebody was telling me out there in the South Bend. God, I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. Yep. Okay, I, I don't know, I know how true that was. I they, saw that on Facebook. I know they their game. Yeah, but I'm hey, Lamar, I was, Huh? What else you got for us? Well, I was a guy. Tell you what, I feel like this with the Tech, with Alabama Tech, A and M coming up. What, what y'all? How y'all predicting on that game? How y'all predicting on that? Well, I, mean, I think Alabama's going to play well against Texas A and M. It's going to be a home opener. I think they're looking forward to getting back home to play in here at Brian Denny. Uh, I look for Alabama to go in and uh, really execute their offense. Uh, if our defense plays like we did in the first half, where we can get off the field on third down, limit our mistakes, and contain Kelly Mond, don't let him extend plays, I think we're going to have a really good day. Uh, my prediction is Alabama's going to win, uh, and I've, I've already put my podcast out there, so everybody knows my prediction is 42-10 to 10, Alabama. Oh, yeah, i got I got to go agree with you. We're going to do a little more to cover the spreads. So probably, you know, I mean, I know that we have some inexperienced guys in a while. You know, Mizzou scored a little bit when that second, that second quarter didn't look the best. But I'll tell you what, but overall, I can say Alabama did a good 93 out of 100. I got to give Alabama 93 A on that because I, I got to say this, though. I believe we can, we can play a complete game all this year. You know, ain't no, nobody's going to beat us in the regular season, and we'll be ready for the SEC championship. So, you know, I got to say roll time. I believe, you know, one game at a time, and we can do it. I have to agree All with you, right, Super, Super Joe. Joe. I think you're right on. Prediction. Okay, but I, but like I said, y'all take care and get to your next call. And you take care of Marty Mar. Take care, man. Appreciate you, Super Joe. All right, DC, you going out there on a limb with a with a big time prediction, forty two to ten. Before we get to that, let's back up a little bit. A couple grades for the game. Uh, Curtis Moore. Uh, I was going to ask you about offense, defense, as a whole, but. Curtis Moore had a specific question he wanted to ask you regarding Pete Golding. Uh, he said, what's your grade or what's your take on Pete Golding's play call? Play calling. I thought, I thought Pete Golding did a good job in the first half and even into the third quarter with uh, with his play calling. <clears throat> I, don't think the, I don't think the missing link was Pete Golding last year. I think the missing link was Pete Golding's uh, communication. I think that was Dylan Moses. As long as Dylan Moses is on the field, he's a very great communicator of the plays to the other players. Uh, Daniel Wright does an excellent job as a safety of communicating that in the deep, in defensive backfield. So, you know, I, I think communication, in order to have that, it has to start with the coaches. And I always blame the coaches. I give the coaches credit. But you have to have players on the field. And I think the biggest improvement that it made was communication in that game. Uh, the breakdowns were, so, that we had in the last part of the game you could tell it was it was individual breakdown. There was a breakdown in communication from the sideline. All right, so what's your grade for Pete Golden game one, 2020? <laughs> I think I give him a 90. Uh, I think he's, a, it's a, he's an 90. A. I think he did a good job in, in this game. Yeah, I, I, I would give him an A uh, because I don't think he called the defense necessarily any different differently in the second half, except for the fact that we didn't blitz as much. Uh, I think that for a first game coming out of the box, I thought Alabama showed uh, a few different 
looks and sets and intensity from uh, the going after the quarterback. It doesn't look like we're going to sit back in third down and let the quarterback sit back there in a clean pocket. Uh, especially to me, what jumped out at me, D.C., was sitting the middle linebackers. Uh, the first two possessions, if I'm not mistaken, Dylan Moses had a sack as well as Christian Harris had a sack. Yeah, I think that that's another uh, uh, byproduct of having Dylan Moses and Christian Harris starting with two guys right behind them that can come in and fill those positions. I don't think they were comfortable last year blitzing the middle linebackers and and everybody else knowing exactly what their what their role was during that time without you know without Dylan Moses on the field. So I think I think calling those blitzes are really good. Uh, I think it really it really uh, uh, puts the offensive line and the quarterback uh, on notice that you're going to blitz the middle when you're going to blitz the middle linebackers and our safeties and our and our uh, backfield being able, our secondary being able to cover uh, when uh, cover those people out of the backfield when when the uh, uh, the middle linebackers blitz was, was really good in this game too in the first half so I, I was pleased with that. When we look at it, DC, and you're thinking about the defense overall, what would be your grade? Well, I think a defense overall for four quarters, it'd have to be a B, uh, simply because our second team didn't perform as well in the fourth quarter as I, I thought they should have. Should have. Uh, we'd heard a lot of good things about uh, Drew Sanders in the in the off season, but I think uh, when he got his moment uh, on the stage there, uh, and you got to take advantage of those moments. I think he made some mistakes individually that cost us uh, at least one score, maybe two, and uh, he'll learn from those. He's a young young kid. Uh, I remember uh, I remember a linebacker who got his start on a national stage uh, late in the game or years ago, and that linebacker had two unsportsmanlike interference penalties, and it looked like it almost cost us the game against Ohio State. But that linebacker went on to be one of the best linebackers ever in the history of Alabama, and Derek Thomas. So <clears throat> I had to give the kid a little little uh, break, and he'll learn from that, just like Coach Davis did learn from it. But uh, his performance a little lacked a little to be desired on on the Saturday night. Yeah, I would give the first group an A, uh, second group a, a B as well, but thought overall uh, they did well. You know, we did a lot of talk about Malachi Moore and uh, Brian Branch, but to me, and Joe even pointed this out, uh, we kind of, I guess he kind of slid on the radar all offseason, but Daniel Wright and uh, his play uh, from the safety position. Uh, was, was huge in terms of his performance. And, you know, we really didn't talk much about him this offseason, uh, but he definitely uh, played at an extremely high level. Yeah, I think Daniel Wright, we didn't talk much about him. He had been injured in the past. He's a little injury prone. Uh, but it, but that's the reason he was injured. It's kind of like uh, Reuben Thomas' injury. He injured himself by the way he throws his body around. And he is not afraid to stick his head in there and his shoulder pads in there. So uh, this year I think he's – Two things have happened to him that really been uh, saw him uh, improve. One is his uh, his strength and quickness. I think the new strength and conditioning coaches and sports science department really helped him. And two is uh, being able to be a leader on the field. Uh, he you know, he communicates really well. I saw him doing a lot of off the ball communications to the defensive backs in this game, getting back in the right position. So he not only played well, had a great number of tackles, but he was a great leader on the field as well. And, of course, uh, Patrick Sertain was his his normal self. I thought he played uh, a, a good game. 
But Josh Job, a guy we were not sure he was going to play, what was your assessment of his play in week one? I think he played really well. He was one of the football team players of the week uh, and did a really good job. I, I was really concerned whether he'd be uh, physically able to play. He'd been limited in practice and limited in the scrimmages, but I really overcame that injury and did a really good job uh, in the game. I, I, th- I thought he handled the other corner position really well, and I, I wasn't uh, didn't see him make any uh, mistakes in coverage. Uh, that was a really big thing, I think, against uh, those tall, uh, athletic wide receivers that Missouri had. Right. Let's flip over to the other side of the ball. We're speaking with D.C., D.C. Capstone Report. D.C., when you look at the offense, what's your overall grade uh, for the team? I know you, you mentioned the three you know, players of the game or standout players. Uh, you can't argue with any of those three being Matt Jones, uh, uh, Jalen Waddle and Najee Harris, but what was your overall grade for this offense? Oh, I gave them an A. I, I just think the offense looked really good. They looked really crisp. I think it all starts up front with the offensive line. I think that offensive line really did a good job of uh, run blocking in the first half, uh, first three quarters even. And, and I'm talking about a really good job of pass protection, giving Mac Jones a pocket to throw out of. And, and uh, if you watch the game on television, uh, you know, uh, Todd Blackledge, I think, is one of the best analysts and really looks at things in the game. He he had a package toward the end of the game on Mac Jones being able to step up in the pocket, utilize the pocket. And that's one of the things that, that we didn't have always for him last year. But when you give him a, a pocket to throw out of, he stands in there to the last second, as you saw on a couple of those throws. So I think an overall game plan for the offense was good. Run the ball with Najee, which I thought he ran the ball. I think it was quicker this year. I think the strength and conditioning coaches have helped him as well with his quickness. And I think he ran the ball with his first step quickness a little better. Uh, offensive line really played well. And uh, then the wide receivers and Mac Jones uh, really did a good job. I was also impressed with the with the short yard situation with the three tight ends. I think Carl Tucker brings a new, a new element of blocking. And I, I just watched for that. I think that sets it up well for later down the road to use him out, out of that set as a pass catching on the goal line. Because uh, several, several times when he went through, there wasn't anybody covering him. Uh, he was wide open. So look for that to be used later on by Sarkeesian if they, if they noticed as much as I did. Other than the three guys you highlighted, was there uh, one or two other players or individuals that stood out from the offensive side of the ball? I think Landon Dickerson stood out really well on as a center. He, you can see in this game why he is that center. Uh, he did a really good job. He he, he pretty much uh, handled uh, two people on, on a lot of occasions and, and did a really good job of the game. I think John Mechie uh, seems to have taken that next step. He is that uh, next wide receiver that's going to be really big at Alabama. I think he's going to give a lot of uh, help to the uh, other team this year. And uh, I think Miller Forstall played a good game at tight end. He got open several times. and But there was a couple of times where Mac Jones uh, had an opportunity to throw to multiple receivers that were open. Uh, so I, I was really pleased with the play calling and the route running of all the all of the uh, wide receivers and, and even Najee out of the backfield. I think everybody ran the routes well. I think it was overall a really good performance for the offense. All right, that's DC, DC Capstone Report. Coming back on the other side, we'll have – the fourth quarter, and we'll talk about uh, the keys to victory for Alabama and Texas A&M wins if 
We'll get those answers from DC, DC Capstone Report. You listen to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. And we're able to do this each and every day thanks to the great folks over at Overflow Express Wash, overflowexpresswash.com. You can find them located on Skyland Boulevard. And they're going to have a second location on McFarland Boulevard and uh, on 82, just past uh, the uh, Blue Plate. So you'll be able to find them right there on the hill on the right. That's Overflow Express Wash. Look for that second location coming soon. OverflowExpressWash.com. Tide 100.9 traffic. The Townsend Nissan Traffic Center. We got a wreck on McFarland. It's westbound at US 43 and Northport. Emergency crews are on the scene. Light sprinkle falling. Slow down and be careful. And if you see conditions, of course, give us a call. Just two days remain to take advantage of the tremendous savings during the month in clearance at Townsend Nissan. And they need your trade. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good morning. Tonight's presidential debate could be the most viewed in television history as President Trump and Democrat challenger Joe Biden exchange insults and accusations. Tonight's debate expected to be filled with personal attacks. People are confused. The CDC continues to list Alabama as a hotspot for COVID-19, but the Alabama Department of Public Health numbers show the state with a slightly decreasing trend. Tuscaloosa County is listed as a low risk for the virus. Click TuscaloosaThread.com for all local news. I'm Don Hartley. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Carving. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help you do just that. They have numerous styles, but they feature the Moroccan Stone Curb Series, which includes four great styles and unlimited color choices. That's Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. They are the one that can help you stand out from your neighbors. Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, 205-331-6823. You may also find yourself with the need for a custom size stone or, or custom-shaped stone. Then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help with that as well. Paul Fuller and his team are waiting on your call right now for that free quote. And if you tell them that Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show told you to stop by, you'll get a big discount. So call Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing at 205-331-6823 or visit them online at Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing, LLC. The sound of Bama sports. Your show. Your team. The Martin Houston Show. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. RoadTideBama.com, FreelancePitches.com, and DCCapstoneReport.com is where you can find out more about uh, DC, DC Capstone Report and its sponsors. Follow at DavidCott50, at DavidCott50 on Twitter, and and then, of course, like the Facebook page, DC Capstone Report. DC, let's quickly get into uh, the keys to victory uh, for Alabama. Uh, what, what's what's key number one? Well, on offense, I think Alabama has to maintain the consistency they had at uh, Missouri. I like the run past uh, ratio. I think they can do that. Uh, and as long as Mac Jones, the key on offense is Mac Jones. He, he needs to play within himself like he did at Missouri. Uh, and um, just, just 
just uh, don't try to do too much. He did a really great job and was really, really good at what he did. So I think that's a big key to victory in the, against, in the offense against Texas A&M. All right. We know that Jimbo Fisher, uh, known as an offensive mind, what will defense uh, biggest challenge be in terms of preparing for this uh, Jimbo Fisher, Kellen Mond, uh, one of the more veteran quarterbacks in the league offense? Well, I think you're exactly hit, but hit the nail on the head. Kellen Mond, be his third time, I think, to play against Alabama. He knows uh, that you know, Coach Saban's defense doesn't change that much. He knows the defense is going to go up against. So I think – our defense's biggest challenge will be to not let Kelly Mond extend uh, the series. In other words, get off the field on third down. We did a great job uh, in uh, the Missouri game of getting off the field on third down, which was really one of the reasons that we held them to three points up into the fourth quarter. So uh, I think if we get uh, get off the field on third down, uh, do a good job of uh, keeping Kelly Mond uh, contained, you know, I, I don't. I don't mean let him stay in the pocket, though. I, I, you want to flush him out. He doesn't do a good job of throwing on the run. He does a better job when you give him room. And, and so, uh, if, if you rush him, uh, like I think we will, and putting pressure on him, uh, and and uh, contain him uh, with our ends and our middle linebacker being able to stop him before he extends the series with his legs, then I think we're going to have a really good good day on defense. Yeah, I, and I think mine probably as well as anyone over the last two years has taken advantage of uh, our talent up the middle of the field, meaning our linebacker play. If you go back whenever here two years ago, he had almost 100 yards, I think, in the first half rushing. So I think it's going to be important to, to, to move him off the pocket but not lose contain, especially up the middle of the field. And I think our linebacker play will will do just that. When you look at a, a key matchup in, in the game, do you have any key matchups that Alabama can take advantage of from an offensive side of the ball? Well, I think in this uh, in this matchup, I think Jalen Waddle uh, and Devontae Smith and John Mitchie together. One one of the things I think is really, uh, and Coach Saban mentioned this in his press conference, the nuance of the of the team this year that we don't we don't talk about it much is Jalen Waddle has learned every position on the field, so it's hard he's hard to double team. He's all. He's going to be the best player on the on the field, in my opinion. Uh, and, and so I think the matchups that we get, how we move him around the field, uh, will really. And I think he's going to have a big day. I think his yardage in this game, this game, uh, game is going to be better than the last. And I think he's going to have some uh, uh, also uh, some plays on the on the special teams uh, in this game as well. So I look for his total yardage to really jump up. I think the matchup that we have when we when we move uh, him around the field is going to be the advantage for Alabama. And Curtis Moore uh, had a thought and like to get your response to it. Uh, he said he believed that A and M could have struggled with Vandy because they had put all their eggs in the basket for Alabama. They were looking ahead to Alabama. Uh, is it possible that he felt like offensively? He could do some things, and he didn't want to show it, so he went old school with Vandy, uh, but will have a whole new playbook out for Alabama. Well, I think that's possible, uh, but, you know, I don't want to take anything away from Derek Mason. I think it's just as possible that uh, Derek Mason put everything he had into trying to win this game and shocking the world <laughs> against Texas A&M defensively because uh, he's a really good defensive coach. 
so I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put uh, all the eggs in one basket and say that's what it was what to happen. I think it may be a combination of both. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure we're going to see some things. Jimbo Fisher is an offensive guru that's going to try to take advantage. and He would love to be the first uh, saving uh, disciple or protege, so to speak, to beat him. And, and uh, I think that uh, he's going to try to pull some things and do some things in this game. But I believe Alabama will be ready for it. I believe Alabama took some time during the offseason to prepare for all of their opponents. So I think they're, I think they'll be ready. All right, real quick, around the SEC, a couple quick uh, notes. Auburn, Georgia, who you got? Well, Auburn's the luckiest team in the world, so I, I, I hate to pick against them. Georgia didn't look really good in this in their opening game. Their quarterback situation is kind of up in the air. Uh, so I, I think Auburn takes this game. Does Tennessee keep their win streak going and uh, move the longest win streak in SEC uh, to eight games against Missouri? I think so. I think Tennessee's uh, got a good opportunity to beat Missouri. Uh, I think uh, you know they, they Missouri has a good team. I think we'll see how good they are when they do play against Tennessee. Uh, but uh, I think Tennessee has a chance to win the game. Does Lane Kiffin get his first win as the SEC head coach? Ole Miss taking on Kentucky at, uh, at Kentucky. Well, I picked Ole Miss to beat Florida, and they hung hung in there really well. So I. I uh, Underestimated Florida apparently are are underestimated Ole Miss's defense. Yeah, I think I think Ole Miss uh, Lane Kiffin get their first victory against Kentucky this week. It's DC DC Capstone Report. Go check them out at dccapstonereport.com. Follow on Facebook DC Capstone Report. Thanks DC. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks, Mark. We appreciate it. Have a great week and roll time. Roadside. I'm Martin Houston. That's Joe Gaither. This is the Martin Houston Show, Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 a.m. right here on your home for Alabama Sports. Remember this, trust in the Lord always, and not in your own understanding. All you is acknowledge, and he will direct your path. Roll Tide. So bring your good times and your life. Thank you for